Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number 17 of Genesis chapter 6. We're going to begin reading in verse 14. Make thee an ark of gopher wood, rooms shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be three hundred cubits, the breadth of it fifty cubits, and the height of it thirty cubits. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above, and the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof with lower, second, and third stories, shalt thou make it. And I'll stop reading there. Now, the Lord is um, getting specific concerning the construction of the ark. He is giving Noah commandment and telling Noah um, the type of wood to use and and the dimensions of the ark, the size it will be, and so forth. And of course, in telling Noah these things, God is also painting a picture, or he is describing, uh, really, the gospel program. The ark is a type and a figure of God's salvation. That's certain. We, we know that's the case because it was through the ark that the eight souls, Noah, his three sons, Noah's wife, and the wives of his three sons, were saved. They were delivered from the wrath of God, the floodwaters. And therefore, very clearly, the ark represents salvation. It represents More than that, the Lord Jesus Christ, who himself has purchased salvation for his people. So we would expect, since the ark does typify Christ and his salvation, that there would be certain aspects to the ark or things about the ark that would tie in with God's salvation program. And that's exactly what we find when we Look at the language that the Lord uses here, beginning in Genesis 6, verse 14, with the command, make thee an ark of gopher wood. Now, this is the only place in the Bible that um, you'll find the word uh, gopher, uh, gopher wood. Uh, it's, uh, It's not found anywhere else. And there is a, a lot of um, references in the Bible to various types of trees and wood. And yet this is the only place God refers to gopher wood. Now, if you're um, looking at uh, J. Green's interlinear Bible, uh, you'll see that he um, calls it cypress timber, cypress timber or cypress wood. 
And that's incorrect. That That is not a literal translation, which really is what the interlinear Bible attempts to do. It is definitely not a correct translation and certainly not a literal translation of the word translated as gopher. The Hebrew word translated as gopher is 1613 in the concordance. And uh, if you were to pronounce it, it would sound like gopher. That's how the word sounds. There is a Hebrew word that is in the Bible translated as Cyprus. And that word is 8645 in the concordance. And it's far from the word gopher. It's a completely different word, has no connection with the word that God used. And therefore, um, uh, you know, normally J. Green's interlinear is, is very good, but not in this case. And actually, in um, the publication that I have of the interlinear, it also gave the, the wrong Strong's number for the word gopher. It had 7613 printed, and you'll find in the interlinear that that there are occasions where it gives the wrong Strong's number, misprints or whatever reason, but the number is actually 1613. And we have no way of translating that as Cyprus that that is not a literal translation of the word. The King James translators seem to have just transliterated the Hebrew, and so they called it gopher wood. And and it's not Cyprus. If God wanted to use the word Cyprus, again, it is used in the Old Testament. He could have used that word. And it's not oak or pine or, or any of those words either. So it is this one particular instance where God uses this special wood that he commands Noah to build the ark of gopher wood. A lot of times when a word is used only one time, it's very difficult to determine a spiritual meaning because the way God has designed things is we compare scripture with scripture. So uh, when a word is used more than once, we look to other places, and that begins to help with our biblical definition. And you cannot do that when a word is only found in one place. But we are assisted in this case because there's a related word, 1614 in Strong's Concordance, And it's the feminine of 1613, the word gopher. This word is translated uh, gopher-wreath. It it just has a different ending. And again, it's the feminine form. And it's translated several times the same word. And the word is just very interesting. It's in Genesis 19, verse 24. Genesis 19.24, it says, Then Jehovah rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah brimstone and fire from Jehovah out of heaven. The word gopher that is related to the word gopher 
is the word brimstone. The word brimstone. And it's not just an isolated reference, but, but it's translated several times as brimstone in Deuteronomy 29 and in verse 23, and that the whole land thereof is brimstone and salt and burning that it is not sown nor beareth and, and it goes on. Also in Isaiah chapter 30, Verse 33, for Tophet is ordained of old, yea, for the king it is prepared, he has made it deep and large, the pile thereof is fire and much wood, the breath of Jehovah, like a stream of brimstone, doth kindle it. And so this word brimstone is the related word to gopher where God speaks of gopher wood. And, uh, of course, we, we wonder, well, how can that help us? What does fire and brimstone, the wrath of God, it, it certainly is a word that describes the pouring out of God's wrath upon sin. What does that word have to do with the construction of the ark, with the formation of the ark that will deliver the elect people of God historically, just a little remnant in the days of Noah. Well, it has to do because, again, the ark is a picture of God's salvation for his people. It really is a vessel that is a type of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And those within the ark, the ark made of gopher wood or of brimstone, we could say, the ark that will protect and deliver the people that are inside of it, just as Christ protects and delivers those in Christ, it ties in because Jesus the Messiah had to undergo the wrath of God. He had to experience brimstone in that sense as God punished him for the sins of his chosen people, his elect. And so in order for the elect to find safety and refuge and deliverance in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus had to go through the fires of God's anger, the wrath of God. Fire and brimstone, as it were, had to be poured down from from God himself upon his son, Jesus. And so the making of the ark with gopher wood, with wood that identifies with brimstone, really lets us know that in order for this craft, this this vessel of safety that will deliver God's people, there had to be the work of Christ in going through the fire. He had to pay the penalty of death, which the law of God required. And so the Lord, in a very interesting way, 
commands Noah to make an ark of gopher wood. And then he says, Rooms shalt thou make in the ark. The first thing I think we tend to think or consider when we we see that God is speaking of rooms in the ark is what the Lord Jesus Christ said concerning his father's house. In my father's house there are many mansions. And the word mansions is actually a word that means abode or dwellings. There, There's many dwellings within the house. And when people dwell within a house, they dwell in rooms. And And so here that seems to fit. God is commanding Noah to make rooms in the ship, the ark. Make rooms. And yet, um, there, there is a word, a Hebrew word, that would be the usual or typical word for rooms that God is not using here. Actually, this word, uh, this Hebrew word, which is 7064, in Strong's Hebrew Concordance, is normally translated as nest. It's translated as nest in Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 6. If a bird's nest chance to be before thee in the way, in any tree or on the ground, whether they be young ones or eggs, and the dam sitting upon the young or upon the eggs... Thou shalt not take the dam with the young. The, the, the bird's nest. The, the word nest is the same Hebrew word. In Deuteronomy 32, it says in verse 11, As an eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them, beareth them on her wings. And, and again, the word nest is the word that's translated as rooms. And again, it's curious, it's a little puzzling. Why didn't God just tell him to use another type of wood, more common, more familiar, rather than wood that identifies with brimstone? And why did God tell Noah to build nests within the ark? Now, it's possible... It's possible because there, of course, would be many animals, many creatures on the ark, and a nest would be fitting for some of them. There would be certain kinds of birds and, and so forth, but there were many animals that were not birds, and, and they don't build nests to sleep in or, or to... So it is uh, curious and, and interesting why God commanded Noah to build nests in the ark. And again, we suspect that it has to do with the spiritual meaning. In Psalm 84, we get a little bit of help concerning this word nests. In Psalm 84, let's uh, start in verse 1. How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Jehovah of hosts! My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of Jehovah. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. Yea, the sparrow hath found a house, and the swallow a nest 
for herself, where she may lay her young, even thine altars, O Jehovah of hosts, my King and my God. In these verses, we see that God is associating the sparrow and the swallow with his house and his altar. Let me read again in verse 3. The sparrow hath found a house and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young, even thine altars, O Jehovah of hosts, my King and my God. See, the nest is identified with the altars of God. And the altars um, tie in with the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember in Revelation chapter 6, it says in verse 9, And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And that's the elect who are in their soul existence in heaven, and they are under the altar. The altar is representing Christ. They're covered by him, his blood, his um, sacrifice, and, and, and therefore protected under the altar. And, and the swallow's nest is related to the altars of the Lord, the altars where sacrifices would be performed. Uh, so really, uh, the nest has to do with the kingdom of heaven, with um, having a place like like the rooms or mansions. There are many mansions in my father's house. And the the word nest also, um, when we think of birds and eagles, they build their nests on high. They build them high up in a tree or high up in a mountain. And it, in that sense, they're a picture of the kingdom of God that is in the heavens. Uh, for instance, in Obadiah, that one chapter book, that comes before the book of Jonah. It says in Obadiah verse 3, The pride of thine heart hath deceived thee, thou that dwellest in the clefts of the rock, whose habitation is high, that saith in his heart, Who shall bring me down to the ground? Though thou exalt thyself as the eagle, and though thou set thy nest among the stars, thence will I bring thee down, saith Jehovah. In this case, in Obadiah, the Lord is faulting Esau, and and Esau is um, uh, a type of the corporate church, or the unsaved people who profess to be Christian, and in their profession, or in their belief, or in their understanding, they think they're children of God. They think they've been exalted into the heavens with salvation. But God says, no, I will bring thee down. And the end of the church age was just that. God bringing down those that had exalted themselves and and destroying them. He, he brought them down for judgment. That when judgment began at the house of God, when the church age came to a close... But but notice when 
they do exalt themselves. The figure that the Lord uses is that they have set their nest among the stars. And, and the stars, um, can typify the body of believers. Uh, we know in the Bible, God does use the stars to represent his people. Abraham's seed would be as the stars of heaven for multitude. And, and, and so establishing your nest in the stars is, is again, someone attempting to, um, to say, well, I'm, I'm a light of God, I have salvation, and so forth. But they're brought down because they were never truly saved. Yet their nest in the stars does relate um, to the kingdom of heaven. They're, they're trying to say they're part of the kingdom of heaven, and yet the problem is they never were. But, but here in Genesis 6.14, nests shalt thou make in the ark. Nests that identify with a home that is of a high altitude, up with the stars, and therefore identifies with the kingdom of heaven itself. So God is indicating that you will make an ark of gopher wood that is through the Lord Jesus suffering the wrath of God and experiencing fire and brimstone. There will be a vessel, as it were, of safety for those that he died for, whose sins that he bore and paid the penalty for, and their nests, their homes will be in the kingdom of God. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.